Welcome to Knives Out Minutes. We are on minute number 56. That's uh, timestamp 05500 to 05559. I'm your host this week, Adil Kurji, and I'm joined for the whole week by Eric Harzer. Hey there, Adil. How's it going? It's going. I'm very excited to talk about Knives Out. Excellent. Good. I'm glad we've got you for five full episodes. Um, so let's just start out with a brief description of the minute. Uh, we sort of start mid-scene um, with the, I mean, it's literally just a snippet of the car driving away before we cut to a picture of a black and white photo of the mansion uh, being put back on a fridge. And Mr. Proofrock, the uh, building, the groundskeeper, ground manager, um is talking about how 50 years ago I worked in this estate, talking about security and how the tapes work and that he usually erases them with a magnetic degausser. But, you know, in this case, I thought I'd save it, you know? Uh, there's a live feed. And then here we have this interesting um, Harlan narrates uh, over top as we see, as this shot changes to showing the screen of the live feed. Harlan says, to avoid the security cameras, pull off the road after the carved elephant. Uh, then the Lieutenant Elliot says, you know, where's the real tape? Proofrock pulls out the tape. Marta takes it from him and places it in the top loading uh, VCR, uh, which is a shot facing her as she bends down to uh, put it in the VCR, which is sort of on the bottom fifth of the screen. Uh, top loading. Hits play with a nervous uh, face, look on her face, and then looks up, and that's our minute. Um, so, one, what do you, you think of this particular chunk of the film? Uh, Which I know you're excited about the film in general, yes. and we'll get to all the details, but I'm curious what you think about the, this slot. Is, is I, Yeah. Yeah, so th this particular slot is kind of like uh, getting a clue, getting like... The, the Ryan Johnson essentially is like laying out the entire movie before your eyes. He's giving you all of the bits and pieces. And this is like him giving you a bit and a piece here and there, which will be seized upon later. So like, I think this, this chunk of the movie is very, very important and it will come back later. And I love the way it's set up. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good chunk. I agree. I mean, so this, so, I mean, we already know Marta's point of view, mm -hmm. At this point, and so as um, Proofrock is explaining the the bits and pieces um, of his job, mm -hmm. uh, you could see the look on her face and the stress intensify. And I think it's just such a good small nugget that you could, like. It's it's not a huge moment of acting, but it's such a well acted progression throughout these like two three scenes we see in this minute. Right. Um, uh, and and the interest so like she has this look on her face uh where when he says i usually erase it with the magnetic degausser mm -hmm. you know and he's just rambling and everyone's humoring him and she it, it's got this when he says that we've got a f sort of medium shot 
of her and she mm-hmm. looks nervous and then interested and again it's just this nice like peak that i think she sells so well right um because like like you you, you erase what have to make, but have to be calm and you get sort of that i'm interested i need to hear more i need to be calm mm-hmm. all in that subtle like readjustment of like how she's like readjusted sort of squares off a little more like squares to mm-hmm. to mr proofrock yeah she's she's very um, much the point of view character of the film and so like during all of the these scenes we're like with her as we're being told these things so like it's running yeah. through her head how am i going to deal with this how am i going to like uh, get this tape away from them or just let them not see <laughs> the bits that i'm in yeah and 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 going with that like so right before the harlan's narration kicks in it, I really like how the shot um, is. So it's it's her looking nervous. She she perks up, and then as he's, it starts to pull into her, mm-hmm. um, and then it cuts to the camera right. um, at, with Harlow's narration saying, "After the carved elephant," mm-hmm. and um, but it's. It's a much slower, but the, the, there's a bit of camera shake, but it's still pulling in to the screen. Mm-hmm. So there's a continuity of motion. And then it cuts back to her face looking like, oh, shit, worried. Pull, again, pulls in and then it stops right when she like does the, oh, right, I can't look. Right. Like she, she sees it. She's clearly something stresses her out about that screen. Yeah. Um, and... It's pulling in this sort of constant movement towards her. And then right when the actress is like, hey, uh, has a realization I can't look concerned is when the movement stops. Right. It's like her Super snapping cool. out of, yeah, the the state she was in. It's yeah. so well done. And that, that's, that's, I feel like, what Ryan Johnson brings to the any movie he does. But basically, especially this movie, like even little scenes like this where you don't need to do things like that, he is like really focused on making sure that you're there with the character and like the camera m- movements, the motions, all of that stuff matches up with how the characters are feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. I think like there's the use of close-ups mm-hmm. and, and actually the dynamic use of getting to the close-up is, is such a like directorial cinematographical touch on this, in this film. Mm-hmm. And it's done so well. And there's like different parts in the film where you switch between you feel like you're at the character's point of view mm-hmm. and then you're doing something else and it's a dynamic shot it's not a cutaway right. but because it's so skillfully done you don't get the feeling that you're not jarred by it wait right. this person isn't like now walking this way or whatever mm-hmm. you just you get the sense that as our attention is moving from needing to be in this person's point of view then also mm-hmm. um and like in this case, this like shot reverse shot almost with 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 Marta. Right. Um, it it's it's like the the, narr- the like the, the emotional narrative through line is well, I'm worried about this. This is why I'm worried. I'm worried, mm-hmm. and now now I need to fake it. But we're getting the point of view swapping from like it's it's oh she's worry like oh she's getting nervous and now wants to pay attention because of tape wiping mm-hmm. i'm observing her cut to what is she looking at now i'm i'm in her point of view cut to i'm back out of her point of view and right. it's all seamless mm-hmm. because the emotional narrative through line is the same but just having the confidence in yourself and your audience to 
do that type of swap because mm-hmm. normally you think of shot reverse shot type things even though obviously it's, it, as like between two people is, is the, like the standard right? Right, right usually you see that between and this is like a character and their point of view mm-hmm. which happens to be staring at a screen which is why you can kind of play with this sort of type of thing yeah. uh obviously it's not a proper shot shot i'm abusing the terminology but like <laughs> having the confidence to yes this is the best way to portray it i think is really interesting yeah yeah, and I'd, I'd be super curious to see, to to know what part of the process that was planned because mm-hmm. it's it it probably was in the editing room. I'm guessing. Right. I mean, it doesn't draw attention to itself. It definitely is like uh, ingrained into the film where you don't notice the little filmmaking techniques as they're happening. With some directors, you can like see their hand on it. You can see like, oh, they really want me to like <laughs> pay attention to this. They're really, but like he he's very subtle in the way he controls his camera and kind of the focus of what we're what we're seeing and how it's how it's shown to us essentially i also really liked the narration of harlan kicking in as the way of uh again it it feels like you know you think narration a lot of people think like oh yeah remember how blade runner was really come up with seven (laughs) harrison ford mumbling through yeah (laughs) yeah and then like but this is it it makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because because it, it the film is so well, like it's written in the right way for that to make sense, right? Right. As we as we saw when Harlan was telling her all what to do, he literally just like reeled off a bunch of instructions, mm-hmm. and so now she sees the view of the camera and sees that, and and we we got in her narrative the before after problem mm-hmm. earlier in the film, and so we we know that's an issue. We see the shot. We see her seeing that she went before instead of after so like you know the clue those bits and bobs were there Mm -hmm. uh and now we get so having harlan re-narrate the line like we know that the problem was in the series of events that he narrated so it feels very normal for her to be it's like we're in her head right rehearing him say the thing only yeah only now her head's got the right bit of memory Mm -hmm. right right Mm -hmm. he said after and the best way to be like, right, it was after is like, I remember hearing these exact words in this voice. Right. I wonder if that was uh, scripted that way or whether in editing they were like, okay, well, we can put these bits of these. It's probably scripted, though. It's probably call it, making making that conversation so that you can then use it in the future of the movie and put it put it into the the steps as she does them. It, it's probably scripted that way. Yeah. I, yeah, I wonder. I mean, now that you, now that you bring it up, it's it's it's. It's why I wanted to bring it up is because it it um not there wasn't a lot of these moments right this right. is like outside of the initial I'm flashback of when he said this and then her going over those like that chunk of the film mm-hmm. I don't, I think this is the only other part we hear him narrate right right I could be wrong it, it's, I, it's I, we're probably looking at this minute. because like basically later in the movie that elephant thing will come back and it'll be important to kind of signpost who's where essentially yeah agreed yeah i I think i think i mean it's clearly a clue right and it's clearly the thing that like like there is the initial explanation and then there's the the dialogue where she struggles with was it before was it (laughs) right before the elephant after the elephant right so like that's our so it's definitely a nut uh re-signposting which makes sense right Mm -hmm. um but i and of course this is we want to re-signpost because this is when she sees clearly that she made the mis like like that she, she went, went too bef- far. Yeah, mm-hmm. she went before instead of after. Oh, before. Okay, so right. she's still in frame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so all the bits are in the previous minute, like part of the film. This is her. So that's like the panic, but holding back. 
And like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, we said something about erasing. Like all that again is like rushes on her face while she's, because she's trying to suppress it. You don't like, you can't see much, but that's why I think this is such an interesting moment. Right. Because we know kind of that there was a mistake there just by like the film indicating it to us. Mm-hmm. But this is where her she knows, like, right? I'm pretty sure like, she's like, probably was pretty sure she screwed up. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I did. And... I've got confirmation that it is in frame. What he said was true. You have to go after the elephant before to get out of frame. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, just really, really, and again, really nice touch. I also really like the shot, the camera, like, being on the VCR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and the choice of a top loader so that it's, like, this dynamic <laughs> vertical shot. Right, right. Now, the VCR right. is smoking, isn't it? <laughs> is that in this minute? Uh, no. No, okay. uh, no, so, so this minute ends with her hitting play and looking up at the monitor. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, uh, so it's fine. We're going to talk about it um, next minute for the listeners tomorrow, tomorrow and for us in a few minutes. Right, right. Inside inside baseball. Uh, we are not recording this live. <laughs> <laughs> live in front of a studio audience. Oh, I wish I had a can laugh <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> can, can we talk um, real quick about M. Emmett Murray, uh, in this movie? M. Emmett Walsh. Walsh, yeah, Walsh. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, a, a incredible that guy actor that you've definitely seen in, like, 50 other things. Um, Blood Simple, I remember him being <laughs> pretty incredible in. Um, yeah, just whenever you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy, and I've seen him in, like, all these other places. And he has a, a small role in this, and he just shows up, and he does his thing, and he's just, he's wonderful. I, he's totally convincing as, as the bumbling groundskeeper. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, He's Bryant in Blade Runner as well. Right, right. Speaking of movie we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Isn't uh, that funny how that works? As an example, we happened to mention a movie he was in. Uh-huh. Um, that's how yeah, that guy's he, work. he's really great. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think... I mean, I think that's a testament to how how much time and effort was put into the casting of this movie. Right. Because, like, there's, what, 20-odd people fully in this movie? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're all so well cast. Yeah. Everyone's, even the small roles, but also, like, this is one of the smallest roles, I guess. Um, But And maybe, like, Marta's mom and sister right right they're 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 like they're probably at the very bottom of the barrel and like don't quite get like any depth yeah they're there for half a scene to kind of humanize marta and then we're moving on to other things yeah but like even most of the smaller roles Mm -hmm. especially especially with the family there's enough time that was kept i think is the other thing is like we know a lot of things get 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 cut out in the editing room Mm -hmm. but like there's enough time and care put so that we we did have smaller scenes or lingering shots or or just good writing that gives depth to these characters who like literally have almost no screen time or very little compared to the main main right, cast. Right, right. And I think that's really important. And that's why I think this on you need these strong characters, but also uh, actors, but also why it's just such a well made film that like even with very little, these good actors get to do a lot because the writing and directing and the acting are all so like tight. 
that right. you get a lot out of a little. Yeah, it's a symphony. Like, everybody plays their part incredibly well, and the conductor's working very well. It's just every everything's coming together. Um, did you have anything uh, else in this minute you wanted to bring up? Maybe not about this minute in particular, no. What was your first experience with this film? Like, did you manage to see it in theaters, or...? I saw it in theaters three times, I believe. Uh, the first time I went alone, the first time I went with a girlfriend, and the third time I saw it uh, with some friends. And <laughs> liked it every time, noticed more things every time I saw it. Uh, it's one of those movies that, like, not only do you have a great experience watching it, it rewards rewatches. And it, it, it I think it's a very good audience movie that uh, you can hear people reacting to things as they happen in the audience. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's other moments that uh, in this week, I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which I think will highlight sort of the dynamicism, the subtle dynamicism of this movie mm-hmm. that I really like as well. Um, I have a confession, oh, no. which I think I've already done in the um, <sighs> Inside Baseball. I recorded episodes a couple of days ago, <laughs> uh-huh. and they I think t- they take place earlier in the film, so they must take <laughs> place earlier in the listening continuity. Right? How many continuities can we have? <laughs> um, I actually, so I kept meaning to watch. I heard, heard such great things, missed it in theaters, and then mm-hmm. it was like, I'll, I'll set some time to watch this. Right, floating at the top of my list. Top of my list. I, you know, I had worked with uh, uh, with Darren on previous podcasts, and he, he was like, Hey, do you want to guest host? I said, Sure, that's great because I will really want to watch this movie. Right, uh, and then obviously twenty twenty happened, and organizing this became. I mean, Darren already had realized that. So, like, it was, it's a long journey, this podcast. And so right. it's been, like, high on my list. But, like, oh, when when it comes to it, I'll need to do this. So the first time I watched it was two days ago. Um, and I'm kicking myself that I haven't given myself the time uh-huh. to be able to have rewatched and picked up on more things. Because I will rewatch this. Right, right. Because um, it's very, very good. Uh, and... It, you know, 2020 was a hell of a drug. It, um, it sure was. And, it, and so, yeah, I, I actually didn't watch all very much na- like um, made narrative content. Mm-hmm. Like like I, I, you'd think like I used to watch you binge watch series on Netflix and, and like watch a lot of movies and like all of that and podcasting, like all kind of my standard escapisms left. Mm-hmm. And I found new ones, obviously. And it's just, yeah, it was just this weird thing. And then so I'm, I'm actually quite happy that um I agreed to do this because then I think I might have missed out. Like, you know, there's a window sometimes with modern media, which is unfortunate. Right. Like, it also stopped being talked about as much, so yeah. I could easily have seen this sadly disappear from my radar. So, well, you you went from one extreme, which was not having seen it at all, missing out on the the boat of conversation and hype behind it, and now you're on the exact opposite spectrum, which is <laughs> digging into every single second of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Although, luck, uh, to be fair, I'm only hosting 15 right. minutes total. But still, 15 minutes <laughs> is a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, so, like, after I've done recording, I think I won't, the next time I watch it all the way through, mm-hmm. I don't think I will have, I don't think I'll be able to help using that same lens now that I've, right. like, gotten into that mode to be like, Oh, got to pause it. Think about what just happened. It's going to be the most disjointed like rewatch of a film before I get that out of my system and can rewatch right, it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, awesome. Well, if um, 
people want to challenge you to um, watch it again and uh, and beat their their totals, uh, how would they get a hold of you? And what else uh, what else would they might they be interested in you doing on the internet? Oh sure. So my Twitter account is at Czar Revan, uh, which is T Z A R R E V A N. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter and totally challenge me to any kind of knives out trivia or watching or anything like that i i'm not really on any podcasts that aren't the uh the minute by minute podcast that darren uh does uh, i'm also on his uh, uh midnight vultures podcast and his prince discography podcast uh prince track by track um <laughs> and the arrested development podcast uh uh oh why, why can't i remember the name of that now Ooh, well look for that <laughs> it's it's one of the many darren husted uh uh podcasts so you can find me in all of those places. Awesome. And I'm assuming Czar Revan is some sort of communist extended universe of Star Wars? Or? Um, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I can neither confirm uh, nor deny. That's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, and if you wanted to uh, hassle me on the internet, you can find me at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H, on all of the things except Twitch, where I'm the underscore Omniarch. I also host a couple of podcasts on the Out of Lives Network, Tanked Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games, and Geek Out Weekly, that's W-E-A-K-L-Y, where we talk about things happening in nerd culture or series we just love or found, um, and we do it in a not-so-strenuous or gatekeeper-y manner, hence the week. Finally, Uh, thank you. Thank you for doing that service. (laughs) Um, and uh, if you want to contact us here at the podcast we are at Knives Out Minute Um, that's us for today Um, thanks again Eric thank you very much for hosting no problem it's it's literally and figuratively been my pleasure (laughs) Uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow bye bye